Hello and welcome to Habanero Hoops. This is the spiciest fancy basketball podcast with the hottest takes. I am Adam Klepsig, joined by co-host Michael Guyman. Um, we are here to break down the past week in fantasy basketball. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm great, sir. How are you? Uh, can't complain. Um, today we're going to be going over the top 20 performers of the past week, some free agency waiver wire additions that might be able to help your team. Going to go over injuries, and we're going to hand out our weekly awards and then preview the upcoming week. So without any further ado, we're going to get right into the top 20 performers of the past week. All right, and kicking off the top 20 of last week, we have James Harden, averaging just a little under 40 points a game, 2.8 steals, 9 assists, 4.8 rebounds, 5.8 threes, good free throw percentage. The field goal percentage isn't great, 40.6, but obviously with what else you got going on there, you can live with that. I will say as a number one player as of last week, everything else is impressive. Uh, Chris Paul being injured for, what, two to three weeks, I believe. Yep. Uh, That is you know, giving him more increased shots. Therefore, his field goal will not, you know, maintain the 45, 44, 43%. But other than that, you can definitely expect his uh, points and assists to increase by a lot. And then even when Chris Paul does come back, still remains a top three player, in my opinion. On to number two of last week's performance, we have Paul George. And Paul George just putting up ridiculous numbers, not only last week, but all year. We got 36.7 points, uh, 2.7 steals, 5.7 assists, 11.3 rebounds, a little over four threes. The monster 53.5 field goal percentage. And Paul George has been quite impressive this year. Uh, A lot of people got him in the second or third round. And he has been providing first-round value pretty much the whole season. Yeah, his field goal percentage has been very impressive, as well as how many threes he's making. And, I mean, I don't want to say it, but, I mean, he's him and Russell Westbrook. I mean, who who is the player of the team? They are 21-10, and 10, I believe, as far as the dominant team in the West. So keep an eye on that dynamic duo. On to number three, the third best player of last week, believe it or not, is Miles Turner. The blocks are really what's doing it for Miles Turner, averaging four blocks per game over the last week, 15.3 points. Not too much in the way of assists or steals, but 10.5 rebounds, .83s, and that's something to watch because Miles Turner was always thought of a guy who was going to shoot threes in the NBA coming out of Texas, but it never really developed. But you're starting to see more of it recently. And good percentages from Turner over the past week. Number four player of the last week is Bradley Beal, the Washington Wizards. Wow, over 30 points a game for the guard for Washington, who has not been that impressive as a team. But Bradley Beal has definitely taken advantage of uh, everything he can. I'm not saying uh, John Wall is bad, but let me tell you, I mean, he's, you know, taking over 22 shots a game with almost 53% field goal. I mean... You know, the guy's making over three three-pointers a game on top of nine rebounds from a guard. Let's uh, 
How do you feel about that? I mean, that's the reason why he's the number four player of the week. I mean, let me tell you, seven assists as well. And one thing to watch for with Beal is, obviously, as most people know, both him and John Wall can be had for the right price from the Wizards. If only John Wall or, let's say, Wall or Otto Porter were to get traded and Bradley Beal remains on that team as the primary player, he goes from you know maybe being a third, fourth round, even second round value player sure. to probably an end of the first round guy. So just something to watch for there. Number five player of last week has been the number one player on the season overall, and that is Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans. Nothing too surprising here. We can all expect this. Uh, 28 points per game, a little over two blocks, uh, almost two steals, over 14 rebounds, which is nice to see from him. Again, nothing too surprising, but, you know, again, anything over 11, I feel like for anyone is nice, especially for a player like Anthony Davis, who last week has averaged also over two three-pointers a game and is shooting at 53%. Um, again, not a lot of surprises here. He's kind of coasting, doing his job, if you will. The one thing I would also point out is five assists per game Ooh, over nice. the last week, and I believe he's averaging 4.7 on the season. That That's nice one increase. thing that hasn't always been part of Anthony Davis's game, which is developing nicely this year. On to the sixth best player of the last week. That would be Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, he's getting almost 20 points per game. Uh, he's not the best at the defensive numbers as well as the threes, which has a whopping zero threes made per game, let alone attempted. But, I mean, the guy, I mean, you got to think, um, 19 points, 9.5 assists, and over 10 rebounds. I mean, he's a walking triple-double, a mini LeBron James, if you will, obviously, beside the threes. But for a point guard on your fantasy team, he is averaging over 66%. And as we all know, Simmons is the perfect point guard if you have that punt free throw build. Correct. Correct. Easily guy to pair with Andre Drummond or, you know, a Hassan Whiteside or Rudy Gobert. On to the seventh best player of last week. That'd be Buddy Heald of the Sacramento Kings. I mean, the guy's making almost 30 points per game. Again, this is over the past week, but I mean, again, he's making almost a steal. Okay, over five three-pointers a game. So clearly he has a hot hand, and he's almost 94% free throw. And again, for a guard, we're looking at field goal percentage. When guards can make anything 45% or more, I mean, from a guy who shoots a lot of shots, I mean, Buddy Hill's averaging over 21 per shots per game, and he's making almost 46% of them. There's a reason why he's in the top 10 of the last week. And Buddy Hill's been a big... Big surprise this year. You could almost argue that uh, he could be in the conversation for most improved player, really taking his game to another level. Um, the eighth best player of the past week is Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. Nothing, again, surprising here. You know, getting over 16, but two and a half blocks a game. It's definitely got to be one of the more setters in the league that blocks the most. Um, two assists. What do you expect? Still over 12 rebounds a game. Now, here's a big thing for Rudy Gobert. Um, his free throw is impeccable. I mean, he's almost you know 86% from the free throw and over 52% from the field goal. So when you get that from a center, especially the free throw with the blocks and, again, over 15, 16 points per game, there is a lot of value there. 
And that boost in free throw percentage is why you see him in the top 20 Correct. this week. Usually, Rudy Gobert is sitting somewhere between 50, 65, 70%. And when he's sitting around there, he's still a great player. You know, he's giving you that third, maybe late second round value. But if he can maintain the high free throw percentage, he goes from, you know, that second, third round guy to, you know, maybe an early second round guy or late first round guy because the defensive stats are there. He's scoring more this year. There's more rebounding. The only thing he's not really going to help you at is those assists and those three-pointers. Now, on to the ninth best player of uh, this past week, and that's going to be Larry Nance Jr. of the Cleveland Cavs. There's a reason why this guy's in the top ten, okay? Um, if, we'll get to this later, but if he is on your free agency, waiver wire, anything, pick him up. The guy, I mean, defensive stats, we all know they're important, okay? He's averaging basically two steals and a block. Again, this is only over the past week, and I understand that Tristan Thompson is hurt, so he's definitely you know, taking those minutes in. But for the time being, I mean, the guy is not slowing down. 12 rebounds a game. He's making almost 60% field goal. And, I mean, free throw's not going to hurt you near there. I mean, again, 77%, 78%. But Larry Nance Jr., he's had a hell of a week. Uh, nothing much you can argue there. Mm-hmm. On to the 10th best player of the week. That would be Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. One of my favorite point guards in the NBA. I'll tell you that right now. He's always been one of the league's highest scorers with currently last week, 27 points per game. Nothing surprising there. What is nice to see, though, from a point guard in Damian Lillard, he's averaging over a block per game. Again, it's over the week, but still over two steals. Five three-pointers and 50% from the field goal. And that's that's where that big boost comes from. Damian Lillard is the eighth best player on the year. Um, he usually the main thing that holds his value back is that field goal percentage. So when you see it at that fifty percent mark, you're going to get more than you could ever really hope from Lillard. On to the eleventh best player of the year. That is Kawhi Leonard of the Toronto Raptors. The Claw. The Claw is averaging almost two steals a game, one point seven to be exact. But I mean, I mean, come on. He goes to Toronto. He's averaging over thirty-one points per game. I mean, he really took on that role. He embraced it. People were worried. Again, I know this is only from the past week. However, he's. I mean, what is he over the year? What's his? Uh, current status over the year right now Kawhi is the sixth ranked player on the year and a lot of people got in what value I think it was late first maybe early second if I correct me if I'm wrong but I mean the guy's putting up easily first round value so that is definitely something to keep an eye on and again the past week is averaging over 10 rebounds so the guy's getting a double double with great defensive stats he's making threes free throw percentage is great and almost 60 percent from the field goal I mean the guy's a stud. He's only going to continue that. I do not see him falling back anytime soon or at all. All right, on to the 12th best player of the past week. That is Danilo Gallinari of the L.A. Clippers. Uh, yeah, 25 points per game. He's making over three three-pointers. Uh, he is one of the best free throw shooters of the league. So if your uh, team is, you know, want to get a higher free throw percentage, if you're trying to, you know, keep that in there or not, Gallinari arguably might be your best guy. I mean, if we're talking about last week, he has not missed a free throw. Literally has not missed one. 
I mean, he's, he's made all of them. <laughs> so Danio Gallinari owners have to be happy with what they've gotten this year. He was going in seventh, eighth, Correct. ninth, tenth rounds of draft, and you know for a good reason. The dude's been injured his entire career, and there's you know there's always that risk that he gets injured again this year. But you know, ride the wave while you can, and if you've been owning Gallinari, I. You, you just you have to be happy with what you've gotten. On to the 13th best player of the past week. That is LaMarcus Aldridge of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has been averaging 17 points per game over the past week. Oh, a little bit over a block per game, half a steal per game, seven boards. You know, nothing really eye-popping in any particular category, but just consistency across the board. Consistency is key with him. No, I mean, there's nothing. He has no terrible games. He has no, you know, crazy groundbreaking games. He is one of the more consistent players in the league, and that is why he falls in the top 20 of not even the past week, but one of the more even position rankings. He's top 10 in a very uh, competitive power forward center position. And next, it would be Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, averaging 24 points per game, two blocks per game, half a steal, five assists, 10 rebounds, uh, only .33s, um, 75% from the line, and little under 60% from the floor. Question, Adam. Do you think his uh, Giannis's free throw, do you think, uh, how much do you think that affects his fantasy value from such a you know, top tier, top four or five player in uh, the league. Well, that's really, when you get down to it, that's what takes him from being that first-round value player to that second-round value player. Granted, Giannis will go in the first round of just about every draft. Absolutely. Especially dynasty drafts, where a lot of times he's viewed as the most optimal dynasty player, but it's really it's the lack of threes, it's the high turnovers, and it's Correct. the bad free throw percentage that pushes his value downward. Yeah, I never really expected him to, uh, I mean, again, five turnovers past week per game, and I don't know, I, just, I mean, I know he handles the ball a lot, but you expect that more from a guard position, if you will, but he is ball dominant, so I guess we'll give him that, but um, he's definitely regarded as a top five player in most formats, and I'm not taking anything against him, however, it is interesting to see him fall this low as far as uh, weekly performance. Uh, coming up next, a point guard who I've always loved, never owned actually, is uh, Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans, getting almost 22 points per game, two blocks and almost two steals from a guard. Let's talk about that. And that's that's one thing that really elevates Drew Holiday from other point guards is those defensive stats. And, you know, Drew Holiday owners have to be happy with what they've gotten this year. He's comfortably in the top 20 and there are a lot of people who were able to get him in the third, fourth round of their draft because the guy simply is undervalued. I mean, he gets even nine assists and over well, four three-pointers a game. I mean, he's shooting 40. I mean, the guy's a great guard. I feel like his name is a little undervalued. He's playing almost like a John Wall-esque type of name value. But, I mean, the guy is just – I love him. He's great. Now, here's a curveball here. Um, next on the list – I don't even know his first name. Thomas Bryant. 
uh, center for the Washington Wizards. He's taken over Dwight Howard, I believe, currently. I mean, Yeah, with Dwight Howard being out, uh, Washington, they really haven't been able to figure out that position. They've tried Markeith Morris there, going with a small ball lineup with Otto Porter at the four. Um, with Otto Porter being out, they have been starting Bryant at center, giving Markeith Morris... Uh, run at the four at his natural position and so far it's been working out we will get to this later but Thomas Bryant could be a guy to pick up if he is on your waiver wire Um, over the past week averaging 14 points per game a block uh, seven and a half rebounds and what really does it for him is the percentages 80 percent from the floor over the past week and uh, 71% from the free throw line, which isn't great, but that huge plus in field goal percentage is what shoots his ranking up. Correct. Now the 16th best player on the year, and this is obviously a candidate for rookie of the year. I mean, my God. But uh, that's going to be Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. This is LeBron-like. I mean, to over 25 points a game. That's, I mean, I, I'll continue, but... Man, 1.8 steals, 7.8 assists. I mean, he's basically getting two steals and eight assists on top of over 25 a game, almost three three-pointers, and shooting 47, 48% from the line. I mean, I, I don't know. I the, the guy's a rookie. I mean, no, we all saw this coming. I don't know like this, though. However, yeah, Apparently throw, the Sacramento Kings did it. <laughs> right. His free throw, though, for taking almost uh, 11 free throws a game, he is shooting just under 70%, but... You know, I'll give the guy a break for being a rookie, but as far as fantasy, that is definitely not something you'd like. But, you know, if you're making two steals over 25 a game on top of three three-pointers, you might be able to look by that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? And the main thing that's held Doncic back are the percentages and the turnovers. turnovers. Yeah. And as a rookie, you do expect those Correct. things to improve. So while those things hold Doncic out of the top 30 right now, if those things improve towards the end of the season, he could easily push up into the top 30, top 20 even, and honestly, as early as next year, I could see him as a top 20 guy. He has a bright future. All right, and now next player of the week is Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. I mean, 32 points a game. We kind of all saw that, and not maybe that much, but I mean, the guy is... A scoring machine, and on top of that, a guard from Phoenix, Devin Booker, is averaging over a steal a game and a block a game on top of eight assists. I mean, you're talking about value. You know, people think of Devin Booker as maybe just a scorer, a three-point guy, maybe good from the line. No, I mean, he's giving you defensive numbers that only so many players can give you on top of eight assists. I mean, he's averaging more assists than true point guards like Kyrie Irving is. I mean, well, not true point guards, but you, you get what I'm saying. I mean... Would you even consider a point guard or shooting guard at this point? Well, that's, I was just about to get to that. Actually, that's one thing that Phoenix really needs to figure out is do they want to play Devin Booker at point guard? Do they want to play him at shooting guard? My personal opinion, I think he's best suited as a point guard. He is a great passer, he's a great ball handler. Um, You look at the Phoenix Suns roster. Um, who else could they play at point guard? Really, you're looking at guys like D'Anthony Melton and uh, uh, Elia Kobo. Re- really, outside of that, there's not a whole lot of depth at that position. 
Uh, you know, obviously the Suns have invested a lot in Mikhail Bridges and Josh Jackson. Would be nice if they could start all three of those players, but you know, in that scenario, you're going to have Devin Booker at the point guard. It's the only way to do it. I mean, he's taken over 24 shots per game. He's shooting 43.2%, but with a guy taking that many shots, he's clearly the focal point of your offense, averaging over 30 points a game. But again, eight assists over a block and a steal per game. I mean, the guy is impeccable. Love him. There's a reason why he's in the top 20 and not only the week, but I'm sure though the whole year. I mean, well, we'll get to that later. But we have uh, two more spots left. We have 19 and 20. So let's get to number 19. He is a whopping sophomore at De'Aaron Fox of the Sacramento Kings. And uh, averaging 17.5 points over the last week. A block, 2.5 steals. And that was one thing we didn't really get from Fox last year, which we're starting to see more in the second year. And that is those steals. And when he's pushing up over towards that two steals per game, you can kind of envision a scenario where Fox kind of turns into that Oladipo-type player where he's going to get assists, he's going to get rebounds. You know, you ever watch De'Aaron Fox in a game, he's always one of the fastest guys, if not the fastest guy on the very court. Very athletic, very athletic. He, he just gets wherever he wants to go. And people who are able to get De'Aaron Fox late in their drafts have to be happy. You know, he's been killing it all year. Uh, percentages have been good, and that's one thing this year in particular that has been a big uh, boost with him is that field goal percentage, you know, 48% over the past week, but uh, close to 47% on the whole year. Uh, You'd like to see more in the way of that free throw percentage for a guard. You'd like to see him shoot around 80%. uh, He's usually a little lower, right around that 70% mark. You'd like to see that push a little upward. But overall, with what he's given you, you you've got to be happy with De'Aaron Fox, not only over this past week, but on the whole season. And our last player, top 20 player of the past week, is Victor Oladipo of the Indiana Pacers. 21 points a game. He just got came back from a uh, injury. You know, that lasted him quite some time. But, you know, he's bouncing back with 21 points a game, two steals. His defensive numbers are still standing strong. Um, Just getting under uh, six assists, six rebounds, three three three-pointers, and he's shooting basically 46%. I mean, it's kind of what you expect from a guy from Oladipo. And I feel like he's only going to get better as time goes on because these these are the last week's stats. It it is the 23rd of December. And he just got back from the injury. Um, again, Depot is the focal point of the India Pacers, not only offense, but just, you know, he's the best player of the team. And I only see him getting better and transcending into his role before he got hurt. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Oladipo, uh, he's obviously, he was a huge surprise last year, won that most improved player award. Uh, you know, he gave you that uh, late first round value last year. And, you know, a lot of people did pick him in their second round this year. If you got him in the third round this year, you were pretty that's, lucky. That's a steal. Which, you know, that's uh, that's great value if you did get him in the third. Uh, right now he's producing late second round value. So if you did take him in the early second round, you might be a little disappointed. Uh, but overall, it's not the end of the world. He's still doing pretty good. 
And that will wrap it up for our top 20 performers of the past week. And now we are going to get into some free agency waiver wire additions that may help your team. All right, and our first player, if he's on your free agency pool or waiver wire, go at him right now. Don't stop. Don't pass go or collect. Uh, $200. It's Larry Nance Jr. Uh, He has been playing excellent recently. Uh, Both Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love are hurt, so the minutes are up, the usage is up, and Larry Nance has been just terrific. I mean, since, you know, over a week ago, his worst performance in rebounds has been uh, six rebounds, and that was tonight on the 23rd. But ever since then, 16, 15, 12, averaging a block, a block, two blocks, double-double machine. I mean, he's fully taken advantage of the minutes he's getting while, you know, again, taking advantage of a hurt and resting um, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. I mean, he is the front court of the Cavs. I mean, who else is there? I mean, Zizek, come on. Yeah, right now they've been starting him and Zizek. And, you know, keep in mind there is no guarantee that Larry Nance maintains this role in usage once Love and Thompson are back. But I think for now, with how well he's playing, you got to ride the wave and stream him in. He hasn't. Um, in the past, since the 14th and beyond, I mean, he has had zero steals. I mean, 3 1, 3 2, 1 3. I mean, the guy's getting defensive stats. And in the past week and a half he's only had two games with zero blocks so he's getting you defensive numbers a field goal percentage is great if he's there if he's green and there's a plus button click it all right on to our second player uh manuel mudier of the new york knicks his minutes are exploding Man. trey burke got hurt and emmanuel mudier uh you know, he got more minutes as a result and started playing pretty well. Trey Burke is healthy. Emmanuel Moutier is still getting minutes in the 30s. So there's no looking back. If Emmanuel Moutier is available, you go and you grab him right now. And I know we all don't want to fixate on the percentage owned as far as the ESPN format uses with uh, fantasy. But he is at 11.2%. But as the past week or two, he's been at plus 95 so, I mean, you're looking at from 2% to 11 I mean, the guy is one of the most highly anticipated added guys from free agency, again, the past week, week and a half. Um, his points are getting up, his assists, his minutes, like Adam said. Overall, it's just usage. All right. And our next guy is Thomas Bryant, who we mentioned earlier because he was a top 20 performer last week. And uh, Thomas Bryant, he's... Also a beneficiary of an injury with Dwight Howard having surgery on his lower back slash glute. Um, he is starting at center. Uh, they, I know for a minute they played around with Markeith Morris at center, and they had Otto Porter at the four as part of a small ball lineup. Uh, Otto Porter's hurt now, and they've moved Markeith Morris back over to the four, so we'll see if it continues. You know, there is a chance Otto Porter comes back and they move him back to the four again. But it seems like with how well Markeith Morris is playing back at the four with Thomas Bryant at the five, that this could be a lineup they stick with moving forward. Hey, if you're looking at a guy that can get you some decent rebounds, you know, consistent amount of points for a center where a team like Washington is lacking depth in the front court, 
I mean, Thomas Brent's your guy for the short term. Again, this is, you know, the free agency waiver wire um, subject we're on. But for the time being, you need some rebounds. You need some good field goal. You need some points. Thomas Bryant's your guy. All right. And our next guy is Marvin Williams of the Charlotte Hornets. And, uh, you know, Marvin Williams, he was hurt to begin the year. Uh Minutes were sort of fluctuating up and down. They're starting to stabilize. He's starting to get comfortable. Granted, you know, he will have a dud game every now and then, but he's starting to piece together some strong performances. And if the usage stays up, the minutes stay up, he could be a guy to take a look at. I mean, he's a UNC product, so he's definitely a guy I'm going to recommend personally. But, I mean, in the past... 10 days he's had only one game of zero steals other than that he's getting at least one or two um consistent with blocks um like adam said he'll have monstrous games of the night and he'll have some duds but even with his duds he'll still get you some defensive stats so i think it's more of um he's one of those players to where if a team like let's say the Charlotte hornets are getting blown out or overly winning they might play him more or less how do you feel about that does that have any effect with his production uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, his, his role as a starter or bench player has been in the air too. Sometimes he starts, sometimes he doesn't. If he's in that bench role though, and uh, you know, Hornets are getting blown out or blowing a team out, then sometimes that will open the door for some extra minutes in those games, which sometimes can be nice because when you're locked in that starting role and your team's getting blown out or blowing someone out, you're almost certain not to get any of those garbage time minutes at the end of the game. And, yeah, that can go with most most players. But, uh, I mean, like I said, Marvin Williams, if you're in a tight matchup, I mean, you need some rebounds, you need some defensive stats and some efficiency. I mean, he plays over the season, not even just lately, over 26 minutes a game. On a team with Charlotte with, I mean, he's one of the more – lack for better terms dominant people in the front court I mean I'm, I don't know I'm taking him over I'm seller and other players like that but um, moving forward our last player on the free agency slash waiver wire pickup of the week we can get uh, Jeremy Lin and Jeremy Lin's an interesting guy it seems like every time he starts to get it going he gets hurt never anything major but you know ankle tweak here ankle tweak there and uh, thing with Lynn is when he gets minutes, he's good. True. And, you know, starting uh, point guard on the Hawks is Trey Young, which they've obviously invested a lot, passing up on Luka Doncic to take Trey Young. Uh, but, you know, the minutes have been pushing upward for Lynn. As long as he gets right in that uh, 25 minute range, he's going to be good. Lynn's the type of guy that doesn't need 30 to 35 minutes to thrive. Um, but we're starting to see him, you know, get some more minutes after coming back from his most recent injury. And if you're a guy who needs assists, needs some steals, he could be a guy to look at and stream in. I agree with Adam, exactly what he said there. And if you have too many forwards on your team and you see yourself having a full matchup and you need that extra guard or two, uh, take a look at Jeremy Lin. He's owning over 37% of the leagues and position ranked at 33. There are 30 teams in the NBA, and I believe there's a starting point guard for each of them. So that's saying something. 
All right, and now we are on to our injury recap of the past week. All right, and the big injury this week is Chris Paul out with a strained left hamstring. So this not only affects owners who, you know, have Chris Paul. I mean, he's what, you know, second, third round value. I mean, just under 20 points, gets you a lot of assists. But let's talk about his um, absence, who else that affects. Obviously, Harden has a lot more usage. We know we can get that out of the way. But as far as players like Clint Capella and Eric Gordon, I mean, Eric Gordon, now what, is he a starter now? Yeah, Eric Gordon is now uh, starting alongside Harden. Um, I think you could also see, you know, he's hurt right now, but James Ennis could get a little more usage. Uh, guys like P.J. Tucker and Gerald Green might get a little minutes bump. But uh, I'd say the main beneficiary's got to be Eric Gordon. When both those two players are healthy, Eric Gordon should be on your waiver wire. But with Chris Paul out, you know, Eric Gordon could be worth a speculative ad. I will say for you, Clint Capella owners out there, um, you know, Chris Paul has that uh, stigma with uh, Lob City being the point guard that always throws alley-oops to players like, you know, Blake Griffin, the athletic, uh, DeAndre Jordans. Well, I'll tell you right now, I've seen uh, quite a few Houston Rockets games, and uh, James Harden has definitely filled the role of the, you know, the pick and roll with the athletic big in Clint Capella. So if I am an owner of Clint Capella, I would not be too worried. James Harden is averaging what nine assists if not more give or take per game and I'm not gonna lie to you I think five or more of them are strictly from the pick and roll James Harden to Capella so again do not be too worried with Chris Paul's absence Capella will keep eating all right next guys JaVale McGee missed basically all of last week with an illness that uh he got late last week uh you know seemed to be you know, just like a little case of the flu at first. Apparently, he's been hospitalized the last three days. Just got out on Saturday. He did miss Sunday's game, but he is most likely going to play on Christmas Day. If if he misses another game, it'll probably be just that one, and then he'll be back. Uh, next guy, Nikola Mirotic, uh, re-aggravated that right ankle that's been bothering him. Uh, for the past couple of weeks, Alvin Gentry said they're going to hold him out until that is 100% better. Uh, next guy is Derek Rose. Uh, you know Derek Rose? Well, yeah, Jeff Teague is kind of hurt too. But, um, I mean, he's had a great start this season so far, I'd say, as far as past seasons since, you know, Chicago Bulls days and nothing really impressive with the Knicks. But, um you know, if you own Derrick Rose, if he's around your uh, league, you're definitely surprised in what you've been seeing. And him being hurt right now is really no surprise to anyone, if I'm being honest. But uh, I don't see anything too significant. But as far as other players like Andrew Wiggins and uh, what's that rookie's name? Oh, uh, Josh Akogi. He's been cooking. I've been liking him a lot. How do you think uh, Derrick Rose, give or take absence, has affected uh, Akogi? One Anobi. Well, it affects both Akogi and Tyus Jones. Uh, Jeff Teague being hurt too. Uh, they announced he's gonna miss a few more games. Uh, but both of those guys could get you know more extended run. Uh, Kogi seems to be much more 
athletic. He can kind of play yeah. shooting guard and point guard. Tyus Jones is more strictly a one. Mm-hmm. But uh, Derek Rose should be back soon. Might just miss a game or two. Uh, Teague will be out a little bit longer. But, yeah, in the short term, you could go in, add a Kogi, add Jones, and think you'll be all right. Number one team in the East goes to the Toronto Raptors and their starting point guard, Kyle Lowry. He's back now, though, isn't he? Yep, Kyle Lowry returned, uh, sat out a few games with that lower back. He's had a great season so far. But, yep, he is back, so if you own him, time to activate him off your IR, and he's ready to roll. All right, next to Atlanta Hawks, John Collins is strictly power forward, not center. Again, power forward, eligible only. Um, he's been a great surprise, I will say. But uh, he started the season off. If you drafted him, you were expecting somewhat decent value, but he missed, I mean, maybe a good month, maybe three weeks or so. And then since he's been back, he's been killing it. But now he has a left ankle sprain. I am sub- Thinking it's not too serious, but I mean that definitely doesn't sound good when you you know read the words left ankle sprain. It's day to day. There's no O obviously, but um, I mean does that make players like Dwayne Deadman and Torian, well Torian Prince is out too? So how do you feel about the Hawks as far as their front court depth? Yeah, Dwayne Deadman obviously he he's been kind of on a roll on his own, Defense but uh. Yeah, he his value is going to go up a little bit. You know, that usage is going to increase. Um, other than that, I'm not sure how how the minutes are going to shake out because obviously there's 30 more minutes that are going to go around. You might see guys like Kent Bazemore get a few more minutes, Kevin Horter, uh, Mari Spellman. But uh, other than that, I would see Dwayne Dudman as the main beneficiary. I just do not see this as being a significantly prolonging injury, but um, yeah, I mean, he has a history of you know sitting out, so we'll go from there. But and front court, in in the short term, you know, could add Dudman, but you might be adding him anyways because he's been True. really good with the defensive stats. Absolutely. Next guy is Brandon Ingram. He returned from an ankle injury on Friday. Uh, he's good to go. Uh, next guy, Serge Ibaka, you know, looks like, you know, he had that knee soreness and looks like he's going to miss a little bit of time. It didn't seem serious at first, but, you know, now he is going to miss a few games and we'll see. Hopefully it's nothing too long. Uh, Pascal Siakam, obviously his role expands. Guys like OG and Anobi are getting more minutes. With Valanchunas out too, though, main beneficiary here is actually Greg Monroe. So if he's available, you could stream him in while Serge is out. Obviously, when Serge comes back, Greg Monroe should not be on anyone's roster. But for the time being, he's fine to add. Let's take 30 seconds really quick. Let's talk about Valanchunas just for a minute here. Um, what do you think has been his you know, lack of significance? I mean, he used to be better back... I remember when in strictly fantasy value, if you're a fan of Judas in your team, like that's somewhat a reliable center. I mean, he's a free agency in most leagues. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what what are your uh, thoughts on him? Well, I guess the main thing is the decline in minutes. Uh, when when he had that really big role, uh, they didn't have Serge Ibaka around. 
True. You know, they trade for him a couple years ago. Uh, other thing, too, is changing NBA. Centers like Valanciunas are starting to go out of date. You you know, with Valanciunas, he's not athletic. Or I should say he's not athletic. He's not as athletic as other guys that play that same style, like your Clint Capellas, your Rudy Gobert's, even your Steven Adams or uh, Yusuf Nurkic. So, you know, with that, you know, that slow style of play doesn't really yeah. fit how the modern NBA operates. I, I just remember when he used to be like an eight rebound per game, 14 plus points. And when, when you had him on your team, he was, he was a nice guy to have. All right, moving mm-hmm. on, Zach Levine, Chicago Bulls. And they, uh, at the end of last week, you know, they announced that uh, Levine would miss a few games. Now this week, they announced that he's going to miss two to four weeks with that ankle. He said, uh, I believe it was in uh, Friday's game, not you know this past Friday, but the Friday before that, he uh, heard his left ankle pop. That's never good to hear. <laughs> so he will miss some time of the same uh, ilk. The Heat announced Goran Dragic is going to miss four to six weeks. He had surgery on that knee that's been bothering him all year. He's always been a great fantasy point guard that everyone gets in the middle of the draft. You know, always so reliable. Not the best name, but, man, if you have Dragic on your team, you're getting your points, you're getting your efficiency, you're getting your assists. I mean, he's his overall great point guard. So um, him being out for some significant amount of time is definitely uh, a loss to – Whoever owns them out there. Yep. In the meantime, the you know the Heat they have a ton of depth. It seems like the main beneficiary is Justice Winslow. They've been playing him at point guard. Although Josh Richardson does seem to get the bulk of the ball handling duties. Uh, but the guy guy I'd be looking to add is definitely uh, Justice Winslow. Wayne Ellington hasn't been playing, even though he's healthy. And one guy to keep an eye on, too, who's supposedly close to returning is Dion Waiters. I don't think that the Heat really should give him a role, but I am not Eric Spolstra, (laughs) and it seems like every year they do give him a role, and if they do, he could be a guy to watch. You know what's happening. He has an O next to his name, so, I mean, that's going to go away any day now, right? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's happening. He he's he's missed almost an entire year with this ankle injury. Had surgery in the off season. Same. So for you fantasy guys out there, I mean that guy can be. You pick him up and get a gem, or he can just be the same old overweight Dean Waiters he's been this past couple months. I don't know. He's kind of a mystery box, but he's definitely gonna you know with the Heat organization how they trust him. I think they're gonna give him more minutes than he deserves. But he's definitely looking. Um, He's worth looking into. And Next on the list, um, Otto Porter. I don't know too much on his injury. Um, Adam, I'll let you take that away. Yeah, Otto Porter, uh, he's been out for a little bit now. At the beginning of the week, the Wizards announced that he should just miss you know, basically the rest of this week. So he should return sometime this upcoming week. That's uh, some slightly positive news there. Um Next, we had Al Horford return from his injury on Sunday. That's good to see. Lou Williams was also a surprise return this week. He was doubtful headed into that game, but he, you know, 
got over his injury, came back strong. And then we also had Rajon Rondo return from his injury. Uh, be interesting to see how that affects Lonzo Ball and how uh, Luke Walton distributes those point guard minutes moving forward in L.A. Still waiting for Kevin Love. All right, and that takes care of uh, injuries over the you know injury updates over the last week. And next, we are going to move on to our weekly awards. All right, and on to our stat stuffer of the week, Paul George of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, so he is uh, overall from the whole season, not just this past week, is the second uh, position ranked as small small forward. Um, This past week, he is second in uh, play rater behind James Harden. But Paul George, this past week, has been averaging over 36 points per game, uh, almost three steals. And the thing that is really separating him from most other players in his kind of Drano, if you will, he's averaging over 11 rebounds. So you're talking about a guy who's averaging over 36 and over 11. On top of that, over four threes a game with over 50% field goal and over two steals. I mean, if that doesn't tell you the stat stuffer of the week, I don't know what does. And people are talking MVP numbers right now. I say it's a little risky. You still have Russell Westbrook, but I mean, they're a top team in the West. And if Paul George can continue this kind of, uh, comeback season without Melo and just continue with the Oklahoma City Thunder um, not only this week but he will be a stat stuffer for the rest of the year all right and on to our next award that is the lousy line of the week and that goes to Gordon Hayward of the Boston Celtics so his uh, season average in minutes is 27 minutes per game, okay? He's averaging just shy of 11 points per game given 27 minutes, okay? So this last week, the last seven days, from 27 minutes, he's been upgraded to 32 and a half. So let's just say 33 minutes would be nice, okay? He went from 10.9 points to a whopping 10 and a half, okay? The guy is given 32 and a half minutes per game, and he's given you 10 and a half points, okay? He's given you half a steal, two assists, four rebounds, and not even two three-pointers. You're talking about a guy who used to be one of the, I mean, an all-star, one of the best shooting guards in the league, Gordon Hayward, right? He is getting almost 33 minutes a game and giving you less than 11 points per game. Inexcusable. I don't care. Paul George broke his leg in half a million pieces. Gordon Hayward, same thing. What are you doing, man? Last game, you got eight points, seven rebounds. Cool, you can jump. I just don't get it. How are you getting 33 minutes per game this last week? And averaging under 11 points. I mean, come on. I understand the Celtics are fifth in the East, but get it together. And Gordon Hayward owners can't be happy with what they've gotten this 92% year. 92% owned. A lot, of, a lot of people expected that he would return to his pre-injury form, and it just has not happened yet. All right, on to our next and last award. That is the Rookie of the Week. DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he's been off to a pretty good start this year. I know uh, recently uh, him and Igor Kokoshkov had a little bit of tension, and as a result, Rashawn Holmes was starting to dig into DeAndre Ayton's minutes. That is not the case this week, as he has just been on fire. 
Okay, the guy's a stud. He's playing better as a number one pick. He's playing better than he ever played as an Arizona Wildcat. I mean, the past week, I'm talking 23-16. I mean, his free throw. See, we draft a center who gets 23-16. and 16, You're thinking, okay, you know, 60% free throw, give or take. No, the guy's getting over 85%. And, you know, he's making four and four and a half. Also, 63% field goal. The guy's usage is amazing. The only thing that's hurting him is his defensive numbers. However, if we're talking rookie of the week, DeAndre Ayton, I mean, man, 23 and 16. That's what really uh, jumps out at me. All right, and that does it for the weekly awards. Uh, now we're going to move on to our preview of the upcoming week. Looking ahead to this upcoming week, most teams are going to have three games this week. Both Indiana and Memphis only have two games, just something to watch out there. Probably not going to want to stream in any guys on either of those two teams. Both the Lakers and the Trailblazers have four games this week. Optimal for streaming, uh, not only because of the number of games played, but if you look to... Um, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday uh, tend to be those game those days where there's a lower amount of games. Only five games Tuesday, only five games Thursday, only six games Sunday, and both the Lakers and Portland play on all three of those days. Man. So both those two teams are where you're going to want to look for your streaming guys like Al Farouk Amino, Mo Harkless might be on your waiver wire. Take a look at them on the Lakers. Guys like Kentavious Caldwell Pope, Josh Hart, uh, Rajon Rondo, if he's on your waiver wire, could be a guy to look at. Just came back from injury. And if you're going to look to utilize those streaming ads, it's always important to be aware of back to backs. Important to note there are no games on Monday due to Christmas Eve. And there are no back-to-backs on that Tuesday, Wednesday to begin the week. Wednesday and Thursday, Sacramento has a back-to-back. Thursday, Friday, the Lakers have a back-to-back. Quite a few teams with that Friday, Saturday back-to-back. So if you only have a limited number of additions, that Friday, Saturday ad might be when you want to use it because of the number of teams. You can go for that quality over quantity ad. You got Atlanta, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Cleveland, Denver, the Clippers, Pelicans, Suns, Spurs, and Wizards, all with back to backs on Friday, Saturday. Then Saturday, Sunday, you have Portland with that back to back. If you're comfortably ahead in your matchup and you want to utilize that Sunday, Monday back-to-back going into week 12, Dallas, Minnesota, Oklahoma, and uh, Orlando. And that will do it for a weekly preview for the upcoming week. And that will also do it for the first episode of Habanero Hoops. Thank you to all who tuned in to listen. Everyone, good luck on Christmas Day. Make your first and second round picks count because that's going to be a good time to watch. All right. Bye, everyone.